4: Welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I'm Allie Siegel.
2: I'm Melissa Stettin. And I'm producer Maria.
4: Melissa, who are our patrons today?
2: We have Nicole, Joanne, and Sam.
4: Guys, welcome to the team. We are so excited to have you, Melissa.
2: Yes. What
4: is our episode for today?
2: Today is well, I don't want to say Christmassy because it's a terrible sad story, but it happened Christmas Eve 1945.
4: Ooh, ho ho ho, bitch.
2: <sighs> ho ho ho, bitch. Uh, this is about a fire that destroyed the solder home in Fayetteville, West Virginia. Wow. And at the time, George Sodder, his wife Jenny, nine of their 10 children were home. Oh my god. During the fire, George, Jenny, and four of the nine children escaped. The bodies of the other five children have never been found.
4: Oh my god.
2: And the Sodders believed for the rest of their lives that the five missing children actually survived. So what happened to the children? Are they still alive? Let's get into it do bones burn up in a fire or no i mean that's the ultimate question
4: <laughs> i feel like there's an answer to it let's google <laughs> we we can just quit this episode
2: right now yeah. if we i thought i watched something and it may, may it may have been mayor it may have been mayor of east town <laughs> but i thought they said that bone that that fire doesn't get rid of dna
4: yeah, normal fires don't reach temperatures high enough to burn bone. It has to be like a crematorium.
2: Uh huh. <laughs> you know, it's it's a mystery. I don't it's know. Interesting. Okay. So here's what happened in the 19. So after the fire in the 1950s, the two parents put up a billboard with pictures of their five children, offering mm. a reward for information, and it remained up until shortly after Jenny Sauter's death in 1989. So the Sodders believed a few unusual things happened before and during the fire. So George disputed the fire department's finding that the blaze was electrical because he had recently had the house rewired and inspected. George and Jenny suspected arson, leading to theories that the children had been taken by the Sicilian mafia, perhaps in retaliation for George's criticism of Mussolini and the fascist government of Italy where George is from. We'll get into that later. And then state and federal investigations had no new information. The family did, however, later receive what may have been a picture of one of the boys as an adult during the 1960s. Whoa. And their one surviving daughter, along with her grandchildren have continued to publicize the case in the media and online. So here's what happened the night of this fire. It's Christmas Eve, 1945. The Sodder family and their 9 children were home, except for the eldest son, he was away at the army. When the children went to bed, 5 of them, Maurice, Martha, Louis, Jenny and Betty, asked for special permission to stay up later. Interesting. Jenny told them they could stay up a little while longer, but they had to remember to turn out the lights, to close the curtains and lock the front door. So then George and Jenny and the 4 of their other children went to bed. While well, these, like, five children were still up. Around 1230 that night, the phone rang.
4: Ring, ring.
2: Thank you. Jenny <laughs> left the first floor bedroom she shared with George and the baby, and she went to answer it. Hello? Thank you. Wow, this is turning into, like, cereal. This is turning yeah. into a really highly produced... <laughs> <laughs> Ba-dump, ba ba-dum. Boom, boom. a woman was on the other end of the line and it sounded like there were several people talking in the background and the sound of glasses clinking
4: clink clink I'll stop <laughs> yeah.
2: so maybe there, this person was at a bar or a party mm. the woman asked Jenny for someone that Jenny didn't know and Jenny was like you have the wrong number and she wait isn't up.
4: there a song called Jenny doesn't know hold on I wonder if it's based on this Yeah, Jenny doesn't know. Oh, wait, no, it's Scotty doesn't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is a song called Jenny doesn't know by the Maybe Wonders. Scotty doesn't know. Jenny doesn't know.
4: (laughs) Scotty doesn't know. Oh, I have to confirm my age. To listen? Now (laughs) I'm scared. To Jenny doesn't know?
2: I'm listening right now. It's pretty cool. (laughs)
4: Okay, so probably probably not about this. And in my head, I was thinking Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. But I had replaced the it with Jenny. Okay, sorry. Continue. <laughs> so probably not b- about this. No, not about, about this. Jenny. not about any. Not about the solder fire from 1989. <laughs> the very specific reference. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, okay, so the woman asked for Jenny, or woman asked Jenny for someone she didn't know. Thought it was the wrong number. The woman laughed. And then hung up. Mm. And then Jenny noticed the house was quiet, but all the lights were still on. Uh, The drapes were open and the front door was unlocked. Weird. So Jenny just assumed that the five children who had stayed up late had forgotten. And they were upstairs in the attic sleeping. That's where their bedroom was. One child, Marion, was asleep on the couch. So she closed up the house, locked it, turned off the lights, and she went to bed. And then back in bed around 1 a.m., Jenny heard what sounded like an object landing on the roof and then rolling down along the side of the house. Oh, that's a scary thought. Yeah. And then she went back to sleep. Around 1.30 a.m., a a half hour later, she woke up to the smell of smoke. Mm. And she shook George awake and ran to the door of the bedroom the hallway was filled with smoke and flames. The stairway leading up to the children's bedrooms was full of smoke. George and Jenny yelled up the stairs for everyone to get out of the house. And she found the fire was in George's office, where the fuse box and telephone wires were. And then once they were out front of the house, they noticed that the five children who stayed up late were not outside with the rest of the family. Weird. But Marion, who was sleeping on the couch, was outside. So their five kids were still stuck up in the attic and the flames grew quickly and George tried to get back in the house, but he couldn't. He was thinking the only way to get the five children out would be to get them out through the top floor window. So he raced around the side of the house where there was a ladder, but the ladder was gone. And so he was, like, panicking, and so he thought that if he could move one of his cars next to the side of the house, he could stand on the top and help the five children out of the window. So he ran to one truck and then to another, only to find that they wouldn't start. Whoa. Yeah, this has something else. This is some... This is... This is fishy. Yeah. So the fire burned down the house in less than an hour. Nothing was left but charred timbers and rubble in the basement.
4: That's also pretty quick to burn down an entire house. Like, that sounds like there needs to be some accelerant or something, no? Or- yeah,
2: I mean, an hour? I don't know. It seems fast. For reasons that are not totally clear, it wasn't until 8 a.m., hours after the fire had burnt itself out, that the fire trucks appeared. Okay. So the police followed the firemen to the scene. They did an investigation. The coroner was consulted... Then it was determined that the five children had undoubtedly perished in the fire and that the fire had been caused by faulty wiring. But George and Jenny were not satisfied with that explanation. They wanted an in-depth investigation to thoroughly explain how, among other things, faulty wiring could have caused a fire when several lights were working perfectly during the actual fire. That's weird, yeah they suspected that there was something more to be discovered. And they wanted some answers.
4: Yeah, I want some answers.
2: So first, there were no human remains found anywhere in the rubble. And sifting through all of the ashes, there were no skeletons. Jenny would find out later that from a local crematorium that it took at least two hours at a very high temperature for a skeleton to disintegrate. Okay, so that might be your answer to if bones—yeah, two hours at very high temperature,
4: huh? That age-old question: Do bones disintegrate?
2: Did it say the fa- the house burned down in an hour? Yeah, an hour. But it says to burn bones, it takes two hours. Two hours. That's what the crematorium.
4: I'm bad at math, and those those numbers don't add up,
2: son. That's. Correct. <laughs> Craig just couldn't help himself. He's sitting here. He couldn't help Uh-oh. himself and he said a house fire can't burn bones. It can't get hot enough. And he's saying it with such authority that something no he, he it's true.
4: <laughs> Craig, that's suspicious. Yeah, why? Is Craig <laughs> has Craig tried to burn some bones in a house fire? Oh, I know. <laughs> he, I he know. He just knows. He knows. <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay. He can't Craig. Get hot enough.
2: He knows can't well you just said a house definitely can't. Oh he's he's backpedaling <laughs> he's, he just he just said no actually actually I, 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 yeah, I I did... know. <laughs> no i Hold don't on. know actually he just started pleading with me to cut that out he said oh, I, I, I'm... <laughs> I'm joking because it sounded so suspicious <laughs> yeah i guess because how long does it take to cremate a body a couple hours, two hours, apparently. <laughs> We've never had more questions.
4: <laughs> yeah, someone someone who works in a mortuary uh, listens to us. She's called in before, so oh, she right. needs to call in again and, and give us some answers. Yeah, let us
2: know. Um, But that's also in, like, a small contained box where it's, like, super hot. Oh, know. yeah. Control the temperature. Anyway, yeah, so the fire at the solder home burned for less than an hour, apparently, and there should have been five skeletons amongst the ashes. Because when like what was that fire up north? There were like photos of people skeletons in cars. Oh my oh god! My god. It came through. It was like um, so. It was so crazy. That's horrible. Remember those videos of like people oh in god. the car, like watching the fire come. Ugh, that was horrible, horrible, horrible. Well,
4: guys, I did not watch those.
2: But yeah, those skeletons didn't burn totally. They just like the bodies burned, and like the skeletons remained. I don't know. Craig knows. Craig knows. <laughs> he, knows that, he knows that a house fire does not get hot enough to burn bones. And that is... you. I mean, I'm reading here the cremation of a dead body is carried out at a temperature ranging between 1400 and 1800 uh, degrees. And that's not... And Craig is saying that's not even close to what a house fire can get. Huh. Okay. So, the family's Christmas lights stayed on through the beginning part of the blaze. So, this... Would not have occurred if it was truly an electrical fire, right? Like, if the fuse box was the thing that set it off, how could the lights still be on, you know?
4: Yeah, 100%.
2: Like, all of the lights would have turned off. Um, The ladder had been moved from the side of the house and hidden in an embankment near the home. Okay. All right. Yeah, this Who is
4: fa- this is foul play, bro.
2: Yeah, there there's no way. Someone's
4: moving that ladder.
2: Is there anything more I mean, can you imagine trying to bury a ladder? How how much work that would be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got Yeah, that's ladders are big. Ladders are big. They take up so much space the telephone company discovered that someone had crawled up a telephone pole and cut the phone line leading to the Sodder's house.
4: How is it even up for debate mm. that this this was an electrical fire?
2: But also, they said Jenny answered the phone at 1230. So it must have been after 1230 that the phone line was cut because someone called the house. Oh, right, right, right. Do you right, think right, right. someone was calling the house to see if the phone lines had been disconnected yet?
4: Yes, Maria. Yes, <laughs> Maria. Yes.
2: It was Good correct. Good work. Good to tell Yeah, because someone called and was like, oh, is so-and-so there? Like, just a uh, nod. Right. Like, it wasn't like.
4: Yeah. hmm
2: And then while sorting through the rubble, Jenny Sauter said that they found kitchen appliances intact. So how could the fire not damage them more if it truly burned human bones to ash, Right. you know? Why was their fucking toaster still intact? Right. Uh, They came across a bus driver who said he had seen what he described as fireballs being thrown onto the roof of the house. Maybe that's the noise Jenny heard? Yeah.
4: What did this family do that made them so... I mean, I don't think it's just like, I don't like Italy, and then everyone wants them to die. Well, Italy's a nice place. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> maybe that is it.
2: A woman who was somewhat familiar with the Sauter family said she saw the five children go by in a strange car while the fire was blazing. So like, and then at a diner 50 miles west of Fayetteville... A waitress said that she had served breakfast to the five children on Christmas morning, but she couldn't recall how many adults were with them. Suspicious. Weird. Um, A woman, another woman said that she saw four of the children in the company of four adults at a hotel in South Carolina. Uh, So George and Jenny decided to pursue their own investigations and forensic experiments. Jenny burned chicken bones in an oven to see if they could be completely destroyed by the fire in 45 minutes.
4: Now we're talking, Jenny. Good. Yeah.
2: The bones remained intact. And then George heard of another house that had burnt to the ground that clearly had complete skeletons amongst the debris. So he was like, mm, that's interesting. So they went back to the police and they demanded to have the fire investigated more. But the police refused, claiming that the coroner's inquiry determined that no crime had been committed. The police were like, nah, we're good. Nope. So George would repeatedly dig through the ruins looking for some kind of clue. Several years after the fire, he found a possible trace of evidence, a few bones and what seemed to be some kind of inner organ, but the tests showed that the organ was a cow's liver and the bones came from a person older than any of the five missing children. And the bones showed no sign of damage by her exposure to fire. This was a couple of years after. Uh-huh. So what? So they put up a billboard near the side of their former home that had photos of the kids and announced a $10,000 reward for the return of them. And then 23 years later, in 1968, Jenny got an envelope in the mail. It had been mailed from a city in Kentucky. There was no return address. Inside was a photograph of a young man On the back, it was written, Lewis Sauter, I love brother Frankie, Lil boys, A90132. And it was a picture of someone who just, that was the caption on the back of it. And so the police thought it was like some kind of cruel hoax, but George and Jenny thought the photograph looked exactly how Lewis would have looked as an adult. So... They hired a private investigator to go to this city in Kentucky to track down the photo sender and or the young man himself. And then the investigator left West Virginia and was never heard from again. So their investigator just like disappeared. Oh my God. God. So the 1968 photo was the last possible evidence that ever came to light. George died in 1969. Jenny died in 1989.
4: Let's take a quick break for announcements. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, merch discounts. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become a patron. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and we will review... Nope. We will read your reviews on our mailbag. Also, Erios has a hotline. Insert jingle here. 626-604-6262. Please continue to call us, usually three voicemails at a time per customer, and we will play them on our mailbag. We really love them.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
3: For full, important safety information, visit juviderm.com
4: Now, back to our scheduled programming. So, some questions
2: that we need to answer are, who was the woman on the phone? Was she in some way connected to the fire? I think possibly. Yeah. Where was the ladder? Who moved the ladder? Who had thrown the fireballs at the home? Whose bones were found at the site? years after the fire who sent the photo in 1968 who's the young man in that photo where did this private investigator disappear to
4: where did he go he got paid off or something by someone by whoever possibly. did it
2: who put the cow's liver at the site and why and who could have possibly abducted the children so some suspects okay so two months before the fire in October 1945, a traveling life insurance salesman tried oh to boy. sell George Sauter a policy. Uh, when Sauter declined, the salesman told him his house would go up in smoke and your children are going to be destroyed. Okay. And he said the cause of this tragedy would be the dirty remarks you've been making about Mussolini. Okay, so somebody tells me he wasn't really... a. A life insurance salesman. (laughs) He was a traveling (laughs) insurance salesman. That's not just a casual thing you say. (laughs) Yeah. How dare you besmirch Mussolini? So the Sodders hired another a private investigator. This is the first one they hired before the second one disappeared, named Cece Tinsley. (laughs) Sounds like a fake name.
4: Yeah, it's like a Real Housewife.
2: Yes, (laughs) Cece Tinsley. He learned that the insurance salesman who had threatened them with a fire had been on the coroner's jury that ruled the fire an accident. Oh, my God.
4: Come on.
2: He was part of the coroner's jury. Because back then, remember, like, what was the episode we did about the radiation girls?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah
2: the cause of death was ruled by a coroner would get like a jury and people would decide how people died. Yes. Which seems crazy, but that's what was going on here. So this guy, insurance salesman was a part who was like, yeah, yeah, it was an accident. Wow. He also learned this CC Tinsley also learned of rumors around Fayetteville that despite his report to the Sodders that no remains had been found in the ashes, fire chief Morris had found a heart which he later packed into a metal box and secretly buried. What? what? This fire chief apparently confessed this to a local minister, who then told George Sodder. So George and Cece went to Chief Morris and confronted him, and he agreed to show the two where he had buried it, and they dug it up, and they took what they found inside the box to a local funeral home, who, after examining it, told them it was beef liver and that it had never been exposed to fire weird what, what is this fired cheat like what this makes no sense it doesn't make all. any sense it makes no sense and why would he even put it in a box and bury it like a metal box and know. bury it he put a, i don't know
4: was he like doing a spell like what was he doing <laughs> i don't know
2: i don't know Uh, later, more rumors circulated on Fayetteville that Chief Morris had admitted the box with the liver had indeed not come from the fire originally. He supposedly placed it there in the hope that the Sodders would find it and be satisfied that the missing children had indeed
4: died in the fire. And then put their own entrails in boxes? Like, in what? how would that happen?
2: I don't know. Like, he apparently put it there to be like, see, the children died. But weird. That makes no sense. Someone in town had been trying to find work that George Sodder could pay him to do and told, told George that he could fix his fuse boxes, warning him that they needed to be fixed or they would catch fire. So George opted not to hire him, as he had recently had the house rewired and cleared by the electric company. So maybe this guy was angry that George didn't hire him? Yeah, maybe. But it does seems weird. The Sicilian mafia may have taken the children and started the fire in an attempt to extort money from the Sodders, though no one has asked them, has reached out to them to ask them for money. That's just like kind of a theory because of
4: his ties to Italy. I kind of believe it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then two women and a man in the Charleston Hotel Report were apparently speaking Italian. <laughs> Well, guilty, <laughs> guilty
4: as charged.
2: And then, yeah, the insurance salesman was a member of the jury. That's the most suspicious thing to me. Yeah. Is that this insurance salesman who was like, you're going to die in a fire. And then he was on the jury. And then I was looking at like, s- somehow found this case from 1997. is where a house burned down. And the mother couldn't find her newborn baby to get out. She had like a 10-day old baby. Oh no. And she ran she like her she put her baby to sleep and like she ran to get her and like she couldn't find her baby. So the investigators found no remains. Told the parents that the baby's body had been completely burned. They were like I'm so sorry. Like she just burned in the fire. But the mother was like, "Uh, I I don't think so." And like everyone assumed it was because she didn't want to accept her child's death. But then years went by. The couple had more children, but the wife like never moved on from this. And then six years later, they were at a birthday party. She noticed a little girl that resembled her daughter because I think it was she saw like the dimples or something and she was like, it looks like my daughter because she was like obsessed with the idea that like her daughter hadn't gone missing. So she told the girl that there was bubble gum in her hair. So she could like discreetly obtain a strand of her hair. Smart. And she was convinced this girl was her daughter, which is like an insane thing to do. Except the DNA matched. It was her daughter. What? When you know,
4: you know. When you know, you know.
2: Yeah. Cause they knew the fire was arson, but they didn't know who started the fire.
4: Wow. And after
2: they found out, The daughter had survived it. It was discovered a woman named Carolyn Correa started the fire in order to kidnap the couple's newborn daughter. How old was she when she found her? Uh, Six. Whoa. Yeah. That's wild. They went to her house to arrest her, but she fled. So this mother had met this woman, Carolyn, the day before the fire. She was like a distant friend of a cousin.
1: Oh, God. Oh, my
2: God. But then this dude, Andre, who was dating Carolyn at the time, said she appeared to be pregnant and later told him that the infant was his daughter. But then Andre learned that the girl was not his child
4: when he requested a paternity test.
2: And so Andre's like, my question is, where's the child that she and I had together?
4: Oh my God, dude. So do you think she faked a pregnancy? Like she had a fake...
2: Possibly.
4: Belly or something?
2: Yeah. So, a forensic psychologist interviewed this woman, Carolyn, three days after she surrendered, and since then he's conducted hours of interviews with her, her husband, and the interviews convince him that Carolyn believed the child she raised was her biological daughter. like she just was like mm. mentally ill. After the DNA test proved that that wasn't her daughter, she like began hysterically wondering where her own baby was. Oh, God. So she was sentenced to 9 to 30 years in prison. Wow. In 2005 she was eligible for parole in 2014 and she's currently out. 9 to 39 30- 9 to 30 years. Jesus. And she apparently only served 9. Wow. She's out. That's that's crazy because also this woman her newborn daughter was 10 days old. And like a 10-day-old baby looks nothing like and, and, a six-year-old baby. Although, I don't know. I look at baby pictures of myself, and I'm like, yeah, I look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. <It's> crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. When you know, you know. Yeah. When you know, you know. Okay, so back to this house. So apparently, I, I read in an, another report that the house burned for eight hours. There's like conflicting reports of how long this house burned. I thought I read that it burned for an hour and then it took eight hours for the fire department to show up. But then the dad filled the basement completely with dirt three days later and didn't excavate it for three and a half years. There's some weird shit going on. There's a lot of conflicting stories about what the dad did after. Huh. So maybe like the parents were just like, Looking for anything to suggest that the children didn't die in a horrible, tragic way? I don't know. Or maybe the dad did it because he bulldozed the house against the police's suggestion, like ruining evidence. But the fact there's five kids, right? Five kids. Yes. And not a single piece of evidence was found that they, I mean, that is bonkers. I think that insurance salesman, I don't know.
4: Yeah, I feel like it was definitely like mob stuff, I think. Yeah,
2: it feels like mob. And also because the Christmas lights were still on. If it was like start at the fuse box, wouldn't all of the lights go off? Yeah. You would think, yeah. And those fight those things on the roof that they heard. Like, yeah. And that phone call. There's just too many weird things happening for it to be like a random fire.
4: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't
2: so make where sense. are these, where did, Where would the kids have gone? Where did they, why I did they know. never, why did they never? Someone kidnap them? But they went to bed. The parents went to bed. They left the five kids up. They never actually saw the kids walk upstairs to the attic and go to bed. They just assumed that the kids went to bed. Right. So they never, someone could have taken them out of the house before the fire started. The parents would have no idea. So they never saw their kids after they went to bed that night. Wow, 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 wow. And that's the story of the Christmas Eve solder fire. That's wild. Wow.
4: Well, um, if you guys have any theories on what happened, if you know the song, Jenny doesn't know... Or if you got confused with that too, Melissa, if you where? You know how
2: f- fast bones can burn in a fire.
4: Yes, especially that. Melissa, where can people reach us?
2: You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com.
4: All right. Well, I am Allie. Could it have been UFO? That's another theory. Siegel. Those little aliens <laughs> couldn't have, have the been roof. aliens. Seagull. <laughs> I am Melissa.
2: Jenny does know <laughs> Stetton, and I'm producer Maria. And there's a lot of qu- there's a lot of unanswered questions here. Blasucci. All right, guys. Bye. Right. Bye.